0: I have a real nasty cut on my tongue and I don't know how I got it. so this is yeah. gonna be It's gonna be rough to get through this episode right now because I, I I really don't know how I got it. I just noticed it a little bit ago and now it's like one of those things where every time my like tongue flaps you can feel like the little piece of skin. And it's Ugh. really uncomfortable. It's freaking me out a little bit. I don't know what to do. Did you did you bite it in your sleep or something? I, I don't think well, because it wasn't like this a little while ago. This happened in the last like five minutes, and I don't know Did,
1: when or how. <laughs> Did you bite it when you were awake just now? I don't. Yeah. like, I have no. How do you cut your tongue? I don't know, man. Accidentally. I don't know. Okay. But I
0: need, I need a healing word, lay of hands, a potion
1: to drink, something like that. Best you're gonna get from me is a minor potion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Nerds Talk podcast, where two lazy nerds talk about well, the Baldur's Gate. This episode, of Baldur's <laughs> Gate three. My name's Chris. I'm Joseph. Uh, that's
1: all. That's this episode's Baldur's Gate three. That's what this is. We're, yeah, we're here no, for it. You, you know what? Before we start down that dark, dark path, I do oh want boy. to talk about one thing. Like we had mentioned, or I had mentioned last time, last episode about the voice acting thing I was doing, the project I was working on. Okay, so I've done the second session of it now, and that was where a lot of singing came in. So I was singing <laughs> got do so a lot many more songs. Singing. Yeah, Yeah. a lot more singing, like way more than I expected to. It was like, okay, let's do a few words just as pickups. And then the rest of today is going to be songs. So it was like an hour and a half at least of singing. And it was really interesting. But what's cool is that uh, I got like after the end of it, you know, I I felt pretty nervous about it because like I had not really... The only time I had really sung anything is to myself in my car as practice. So that's (laughs) what I did. And so having to sing in front of like six people who were all judging me and listening to me very closely and then, you know, just seeing their reactions, but not being able to hear what they're saying as they're chatting amongst themselves on the other side of the booth. It's like, all right, well, I hope they liked it. But then at the end of the whole thing, like it got a nice applause and everybody thought it did great. So it was really nice and rewarding. And uh yeah, I felt good about it. And Aww, I... That's cool. I think that the the pilot episode is going to be, or at least we're doing a screening of it in October, and then we'll just see where it goes from there. And I, I can't talk about what it is yet, but once I can, we'll yeah, will let you know.
0: As soon as October hits, we'll, we'll let everyone know, because we need everyone to hear your singing, so <laughs> more than six people can judge you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm... Really
1: looking forward to that. Asterion approves. <laughs> is it Asterion? Okay. Astarian? I think it's a Astarian. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It, it could just be different pronunciation depending on who you're asking. My volume is like always down pretty low on it. Oh, yeah. So you don't want to wake the baby.
0: I don't want to wake the baby. Let's Since I assume
1: uh, the baby's room is also your gaming room at this point.
0: I don't have a gaming room per se. At this point, I've been playing on my Steam Deck for the most okay. part. Okay, which I gotta say, let me let me say this real quick. For for any of you wondering, is it better on the Steam Deck or is it better on the desktop? Uh, and I'm gonna say that it's it depends. So I'm gonna give you a non-answer. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you 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 pose the question and then you didn't even give an answer? Here we go. Control-wise a hundred times better on the Steam Deck because... Why not guys, just use a controller? Yeah, you can use the controller. That's fine. You can use that on the desktop. But it feels real good on the Steam Deck. Like, they did a really, really good job of, like, porting everything um, and making those controls, like, super, super fluid and intuitive. Like, I enjoy it better on the Steam Deck as far as, like, how it controls and everything and how that feels. Um, as far as how it, like, plays... It does it do get a little choppy every once in a while, but for the most part, it's pretty good. Here's the thing, though. You got to have it plugged in the entire time or oh, else yeah. 10 minutes of that game and it's dead. <laughs> you go from 100 to zero lightning fast. So, yeah, keep that thing plugged in if you're going to do it on your Steam Deck.
1: Yeah, as nice as the Steam Deck is, it cannot hold a charge for very long at all. Even like with the brightness turned so far down, you can barely see what's going on. It still just eats that battery up. I yeah. tried to take it on a, a road trip that was mm, probably seven hours. I was the passenger at the time, so I was playing. Yeah, I was playing um a, a Divinity Original Sin two. This was pre Baldur's Gate three, like right before it came. I out. Saw so I saw you just, playing that quite a bit. Yeah, and I was like, he must be prepping. I I was, I was, but I took it on this road trip and I was like, okay, I can kill a few hours, you know, playing my Steam Deck, playing this game while I'm on this trip. And I got maybe 30 minutes out of it and then it just died. And I'm like, oh man, I didn't bring any backup battery or anything. So yeah, it was not great for traveling.
0: Those resource intensive games, like the Steam Deck doesn't handle them the best uh, as far as battery life. Though I know some of the other, um, some of their competitors, though, do have some more powerful machines that I've heard can handle this game specifically a little bit better and a little longer. If I hadn't bought the Steam Deck, which, you know, joke's on me, like no competitors were available until literally the week after I bought mine. (laughs) Then all of a sudden they were just like, hey, the first direct competitor to Steam and Steam is like, hey, yeah, that's cool. I was like, dang, man, because they're like, it's it's a faster machine and it's cheaper. And I was like, you got to be kidding me with this. Yeah,
1: but all of them have their caveats. So I'm sure like the Steam Deck has its advantages over those.
0: Right. Yeah. That's true.
1: Um, I was trying to think, like,
0: before, like, I get in and just, like, keep singing praises, if there was any other things about this game real quick that I had, like, you know, criticisms of, but I don't think there is any. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Uh,
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good game. It's a really good game. If you're a fan of RPGs, especially turn-based RPGs, This is one of the best turn-based RPGs that I have ever played, if not the best. And I say that because I have like sunk so many hours into it. This is the first game since Elden Ring that I have just been this gung-ho about like whenever I have free time, it's going to go to this. Like forget my social life for a little while. Like I need to just play this game because I want to know not necessarily what's going to happen, but I just need to like be a part of it. It's just such an interesting world. And I mean, being d and and all of that and then having so many different options in what you're doing, what you're saying, the combat's great. It's not all combat, though. In fact, like you get through a lot of it without having any combat if you chose to, like you could really talk your way out of a lot of situations. Um, but it's just having all these options in front of you. And even as I'm going through the game. And I'm seeing like, oh, like if I had make if I made this choice instead, like that would have taken me down a completely different path. That just is more exciting to me and making me already think about like, okay, on my next playthrough, what am I gonna be? How am I gonna play through it this next time? And I've yeah. got a I've got a heavy need to do that dark urge one next time. Cause I think that would be <laughs> super fun and crazy. Yeah,
0: I've I've heard uh I've heard fun things about that. I've just Everyone is uh, that I know that has done it, though, is like, please don't do that on your first run through. No, you should not. It'll ruin everything. So um, but yeah, I I was interested in doing that at some point, too. Um, But I'm still pretty early in
1: my game. Yeah, I am probably if I'm talking about like my pure playtime, I'm 80 something hours in. Nope. You are 92 hours in. Well, I mean, like on my one character, because I oh, started okay. a different character too to play around. Oh, with. geez. I was gonna say, yeah. yeah, I checked. I checked up on you. You're 92 hours in, sir. Yeah. So the the only game I played that much since Elden Ring, which was also over wow. 100 hours to be. So it's just these games that have just a lot of depth to them. And, you know, with turn base, it's not things I can just like plow through or I've gotten so powerful that I'm just mowing over everything. As I go through it, the battles get more intense, and I have to think about them a little bit more. And especially because like I'm not like I'm playing a cleric my first time through. I'm not some kind of like crazy class or and I'm absolutely don't want to try to break the game in any way. I know some people like doing that kind of stuff, but I do not want to make it where it's like, oh, if you just like, you know, put like a hundred explosives in a barrel, you can just throw the barrel and kill everything (laughs) in one hit. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to be cheap like that. I want to play it like I would play it if I was actually playing D&D. And so this is like what's enjoyable to me. Um, I'm not uh, save scumming. And for those who don't know what that is, that's where you're like, OK, I've got a big decision ahead of me. And, you know, I because everything's a dice roll, really. These These decisions you're making and you could still roll, even if you have like complete bonuses on it and you feel like there's no way you could fail, you could still roll a one and get a crit fail. I, what I'm not doing is saving before every conversation so that I can oh, be like, oh, I'm going to go back. That's cheap. Some people do that. That's what I'm that's saying. So that's what save scumming is. That, that it defeats takes, the purpose, right? Yeah,
0: that takes all the fun out of it. So th- this is this is the appeal to this game specifically for me and I think many others is this is the closest you'll get to playing Dungeons & Dragons completely by yourself, (laughs) you know, like for those that can never get your party to stay together or your group, you know, to play, which like, um, that's a constant malady that I have suffered from of you get a group together, you do a session. Maybe if you're lucky, you do two sessions and then nobody's available again, or you're not available because, uh, of your, you know, your own commitments and everything, this is the closest you're going to get. This is something you can do on your own. And it feels a lot like playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, with not only the classes, because they are 100% the classes from 5e down to the subclasses and everything. Um, all of the, um, you know, references to the, the areas to certain characters and, legends and lore and and animals and all kinds of stuff i mean it's it's 100% that world and it feels amazing but the idea that they did put in a d20 that you do have to roll and that is like how you accomplish a lot of things like you're constantly doing skill checks for um you know conversations and stuff like whether you're trying to do um deceive somebody or intimidate someone or kind of like get a leg up on them and and trick them into thinking something or trying to figure out what they know. Um, All of that being based on dice rolls, just like, you know, the 5e system of of D&D. That's that's what makes it special. That's what makes this game what it is. So it's pointless to try to cheat that because then you're not even experiencing the game anymore.
1: Yeah, I'm not trying to judge the way that anybody plays. In I a game am that they spent their money. <laughs> you, on. Well, I'm not going I, to. I'm judging it. You're doing it wrong. I, no, don't I, I don't. Scum. <laughs> I mean, yes, I wouldn't personally do it. But you spent your money on the game. You do whatever you want with it. I'm just saying, if you want the purest experience, like try to do that, like as little as possible. Don't do it. Well, just don't do it if you want the pure experience. Like save often because there are going to be times where either your game might crash or you go into a battle and you're going to get killed and then just going to go back to whatever save you just had. So still yeah. save often. I'm just saying don't save before a conversation just so you can affect the outcome of that conversation or skill check because that is, you know, it takes the fun out of it. it takes some randomness out of it, which is really part of the fun for me.
0: Yeah. So I, I do want to clarify because you you brought up a good point. Saving before like a battle or something, I see that as totally different because of... um. Yeah, if you if you die, then you gotta start over at, at the last save point. And that does bring up the one the one thing that I was just like, uh, oh yeah. I do have one problem with this game, and that's that autosave that blows. Because like there was this one time, um, and it was it was my very first death. I'd gotten so far and um, I got killed and I'm like, oh, that sucks. Oh, well, you know, like this, you know, cinematic kind of like, you know, uh, conversation happened about 10 minutes before I got to this battle and then died. And me being spoiled by games that came before, I'm like, cutscene equals that was a save. No, the last point it saved was like, An hour and some change before that. So not only did I have to do like the whole fight and the whole lead up, like there were characters I hadn't even like that I had recruited prior that now I had to go find them again and recruit them again and have those conversations all over again. I was like, oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. So (laughs) that sucked. That sucked real bad. So, yeah, you got to save a lot. Um, But that is different to me than, like, you know, um, saving every time you have to do a roll of the dice and then loading that um, save state every time you get an outcome that you don't like. Right. Um, I mean, yeah,
1: those are completely different things. One is saving yourself time because if you're going to die, then it's going to take you all the way back. There's no, that's not cheating the system. That's just being efficient but yeah. saving before you, saving and reloading to uh, to get the decision that you want that's where it becomes like you know yeah. really muddy yeah to
0: me that's basically like lying to your dm about your die roll you know it's oh, just yeah, sure. it's not honest you know like you're just kind of manipulating the system and then it makes it less
1: fun yeah sometimes you're going to roll ones and that's okay that's part yeah. of the fun especially because of the way that it can really change things In a crazy way, like that could be the difference between you befriending a goblin camp. Or having to take down the entire goblin camp or be taken down by the Yo, camp. let me tell you, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: where I'm at in my game right now, uh, I am inside a big old goblin camp and uh, they are none too pleased with me. Um, and I, I wanted to talk about some of our um, like personal experiences with this game so far and kind of draw on some of those earlier experiences uh, so you might have to try to do a little thinking because you're quite a bit farther ahead and I don't want to spoil much of the game. Like, I don't want to spoil any of the storyline for sure. But, like, some of, like, the bigger moments and stuff that you've had in general sense. And right now, where I'm literally at, I um rescued a specific, like, um this character in this really, really large, intricate goblin encampment place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming you've been there, like the druid guy? Went yeah, say, I know who you're talking okay. about.
1: Yeah, Hal- Halson. Yep.
0: Yeah, and he's just like, hey, cool, yeah, uh, I'll help you with what you need, but please kill these three leaders in this place. So I was like, ah, good, all right, well, that's going to be tough. So, like, one of them... I was able to um, talk with her and like each one of them is like surrounded by a bunch of other NPCs and stuff. And one I was able to talk to quite a bit. She walked off to like a secret chamber of hers and I went with her and I'm like, oh, perfect. If I can get each of them, you know, if I can sweet talk each one of these leaders and then kill them in secret, you know, perfect. That'll be easy. So, that one that worked out um easy as pie the next one <laughs> didn't didn't work out so well so I ended up in a battle against like over a dozen people at once it was like 15 <laughs> yeah. at one time and oh my god that was like I made it but just barely two of my folks are are were dead um but that fight though, was probably one of the most fun um, fights I've had in a game, especially one like this. And part of that was because of the, um, the environment of the game itself is set up so good that you can do things that you never would have thought of in other games. So for instance, in this battle, in this big chamber I'm in, there is so much... Of the environment you can work with and you can do pretty much anything like um, some of my guys were were on ground level, um, more my melee guys, um, but one of my rogue was really hurt. So I sent him climbing up a rope. He's running across rafters like, you know, 20 feet above. All the dudes below are trying to shoot up at him. They're missing and he's got advantage because he's above them. And not only is he then like, you know, sniping down from these rafters, I'm also shooting the ropes, holding these big uh braziers and basically letting those crash to the ground. And so those are starting fires everywhere and like some of them are hitting some of the goblins down there and lighting them on fire. So it's just Like the amount of stuff that you can do if you can think outside the box and not just do, okay, melee hit or spell hit, like you can use so much just around you to your advantage and it makes it so special. It really
1: is just like you can do almost anything. In that same battle, did you or did you get pushed or did you push anybody down into the spider pit? I did not. Um, okay. and, and nobody got pushed into it. Okay. Um, I actually, because I've heard some of my friends talk about it, and they did get pushed, like one of the characters did get pushed down in there, or like they, they got pushed down in there, and then also pushed like one of the other people down in there. So the spiders will fight anybody who goes down there. Oh, um, man. Who falls into the pit. Uh, Franco. Yeah. And, uh, so what I did, in instead was like I went down to the spider pit first and I had um one of my characters has animal speech so <laughs> I got I talked the spiders into helping me with that battle and so they came up like I because I freed them from their cage they came up and helped me during that big battle because I know the one you're talking about that is a huge battle and it yeah. is at that point in time the hardest battle you're gonna face um it, it, it gets harder later but at that point in time, like that is the the craziest battle you experienced um unless you're fighting like some crazy towns or whatever so and well oh, that's that's assuming you're siding with the the druids because you can side with the goblins if you want and yeah. go a completely different route with this whole thing but I, my first playthrough I do is like the good playthrough or you know my quote unquote good playthrough where I'm just you know going with I the the
0: Your conscious. Uh, The heroic
1: side of the story. Yeah. Rather than the potentially villainous one. Sure. The dark side. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's amazing because that's see, that's something I didn't even think of was trying to use something like that with the spiders. And the fact that you can do that just makes it even more. Just astounding! I like <laughs> that
1: blows my mind. Yeah, there's so there are, many different ways to play this game. Yes, for I saw from the creators. I don't know if this is a hyperbole or not, but I saw that there are like over like a thousand something endings to the game potentially. Wow! I And I don't know how different they are. Like if it's just small things or whatever. But I it, like part it's of me be believes small. that just because of how vast this world is. Because I was talking to my my roommate the other day, because he's playing it as well, and we had both finished chapter one, or he's getting close to finish chaptering one chapter one, and like his experience was completely different from the way that I did it. Because what I did like blew my mind. So I was like, "Dude, like, did you?" So like, we're not spoiling it for each other, or whatever. But I'm like, "Did you? What'd you do right here?" Or like, "Would you experience?" He's like, "Oh, I did this, this, this," and I'm like, "Man, that is like not the path I took at all." And so much so that, like, the chapter one thing, like, as I was getting towards the end of it, that that battle that I won't mention what it is like, it was like um the game literally told me it's like, if you make this choice, like, it's going to change everything like the overworld is going to change. And so, Jeez. like, if you have any quest you need to wrap up before you make this decision, then make sure to do that. And so, like, there are things you can do. And you don't have to make these choices, but there are choices you can make if you go deep enough into whatever that can really change everything and then complete the entire outlook of the game. And I, you know, I'm far into it. So I can say those choices keep coming. I won't say what any of them are, but there are so many options here that like you could play this game like um, endless amount of times and have a different experience, which I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Who, okay, who is your party? Who is I was your right about that. I was about to ask you the exact same question. Okay, well, I'll answer first then. Yeah, um, go ahead. So Asterion I have in my party because, you know, a vampire elf. Like, that's just a cool idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, Gale because I wanted a magic user. Okay. And he's the wizard. Sure. And then, uh, Carlac, because she's best girl.
0: <laughs> yeah. Carlack's pretty awesome.
1: tiefling barbarian. Um, yeah. Yeah. That the entire internet is in love with. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it has to be your first like love interest, right? Sure. Like, um, uh, I, yeah. who's yours? Mine's pretty different.
0: Um, I do have a starion also. Um, Somebody you know, gotta pick those locks. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's why it's like I I wanted a rogue for sure because my dude is not stealthy. Um, in fact, he has a lot of like negatives to stealth because of the <laughs> armor that he's got. So I I needed someone stealthy. Um, picked him. He's a lot of fun. Um, I got Shadow Heart who does uh all my healing. I also like uh as I leveled her up, she also took some spells from. The sorcerer class, so she's also kind of filling that role of like a um caster, also as okay. well as 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 healing, so just pulling a little bit of double duty. And then uh, Lysel is the the other one, ah, the, the warrior. So you
1: got a fighter on there, okay? Yeah, uh, what, what, okay. So, what's interesting when you're talking about Shadowheart and saying you delved into sorcery, some like I have. I think it's interesting because, like, I've been sticking to just like whatever class they've put me on the path of, that's what I'm taking. Like, with Asterion, mm-hmm. I've got, I went down the arcane trickster path because that's where it was defaulting at first. Shadow it's the, uh, um, trickster cleric or whatever. And then with Karlak, it's just the, um, I can't remember what it's called, but the animal barbarian kind of thing. Sure. And I I just think it's interesting because you can customize them however you want. I just feel like from a story perspective, I wanted to stay close to the path that they were originally going down.
0: Yeah. um, And what I did with Shadowheart was it wasn't so much that I gave her a level in sorcery. It was like she got a feat and then the feat I gave her was... Taking cantrips and spells from uh, okay. sorcerer, so yeah. she's still full points in cleric. She's just got some uh, extra spells that cleric wouldn't usually have. So
1: gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah I didn't know if you were multi classing because I know at least what you had originally said is your primary character was going to be multi class. Yes, he, and he is.
0: Um. So yeah, my primary character is um a hexblade but um different than what most people are doing for a hexblade right now like so i i was just curious to see like because there's not like a a quote unquote hexblade class in this game at least not right now but they did add pact of the blade for warlock and in fact like one of the companions you can get will is pretty much that he's like a pact of the blade warlock but i didn't want to go just specifically that I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my first D and D character the way that I made him, um, which was part fighter and part warlock where I see a lot of people are like, Oh, well to get the best stats and blah, blah, blah. And to basically be untouchable, you got to go paladin and warlock. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like, I don't want to do the, um, min max. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to min max stuff. So, um, so I did, three, um, right now I'm, I'm level four. I've got three in fighter one in warlock right now. So, um, I'm, I won't be putting any more in fighter for quite a while. So it's going to be pretty much warlock from here on out. So, um, fighter, I just wanted to really get his, like, um, his specialty basically at level three and now it's going to go all warlock. So, Basically, um, what's really cool with this too is um, I can start removing his, his armor, and I can use mage armor on him, and then I'll be able to use Pact of the Blade. Um, so he he's gonna be pretty tanky without wearing a lot of armor, and he's gonna be able to do a lot of damage, which is gonna be pretty cool. And he'll be slinging Eldritch Blast
1: all over the place. Eldritch Blast rocks, like my Gale my wizard picked that up because what's cool about wizards is you can just like pick up spell books and for the most part you can learn them for a small price so uh, yeah Eldritch Blast was one that I just randomly picked up and he learned it and I do use it pretty consistently because it's it's very good it's a nice spell just because it has multi hits to it which I appreciate.
0: I remember just, like, playing actual D&D, like, that was, um, you know, one of my cantrips, and I'm like, yeah, uh, I'll be using that a lot, and and I did. Yeah. It was just, like, that was my character's, um, you know, long range is, like, he just, he had his blade in one hand, and then his other hand, he was just always casting Eldritch Blast um, towards anything at a distance, and that's pretty much my exact plan here, too, which is going to be great, so... He's got like a finesse weapon, his rapier, and um, the other hand will be ready for eldritch blast.
1: And my character is a, a light cleric, which is way outside of what I would normally play. But I would just I wanted to play something different than I would play because my default would be fighter or possibly rogue or barbarian, just because like I like that up close personal combat. But I, I wanted to change it up a little bit, so I decided to try out a cleric and it's been okay like i'm not my i'm not my favorite character in my party basically like i it's (laughs) i don't have the most fun like controlling myself in the party but i'm still useful in different ways of course since i i can heal and i can you know summon all these different things or whatever and have all these cool spells but i from a lore perspective it's fun to play that cleric class because I also put like a tier as the God that I worship. And so I'll get some option choices in dialogue that are like, do you want to make like a cleric of tier or worshiper of tier choice? And then it'll just be like, um, you know, me talking to them from the perspective of actually being a cleric who's worshiping this God. And uh, wow, it's interesting, just all the different dialogue options you have. And then hearing their response to that, and I'm really trying to play that up as much as I can in my character where I'm not like, I'm trying to avoid stealing as much as possible. There's so, it's so tempting to like go into somebody's house and just rob <laughs> just them of all their things. Yeah, yeah. Break all their pots like uh, Zelda yeah, Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But instead, like I'm really playing it straight as a cleric and I'm just like, no, I'm not going to do that. Although Asterian disapproves of my actions constantly. Like he is definitely not, <laughs> like he's not the ideal character for the way that my playstyle is because he's disapproving of a lot of things that I'm doing because I'm being too nice or I'm being too giving and he just wants to take right but Carl I, I like uh, on the other hand is completely behind my choices and Gale's pretty good with them so I think my other option probably to optimize like characters or whatever to optimize like my party would have either been Shadowheart or Will because I think they're more on the, the good side whereas Lazell and Asterian are just like kind of quote unquote evil or at least like chaotic more so than the definitely
0: others. chaotic for sure. Um, I was going to say, uh, what's what's the barbarian's name again? Carlite just her design if she were blue she would look like there's a there's a character from not monster prom but the sequel oh, that yeah. looks a lot like that
1: yeah i know who you're talking about
0: yeah and now yeah. i can't think of anything else and <laughs> that's all my my thoughts can like think of right now just
1: monster prom just monster prom yeah man i can't say anything but there are some options you'll have later that are like really morally divisive especially towards chapter three the the last chapter where i'm just like i don't know what i should do here like who like i know like everybody is telling me like partial truths so who do i who do i side with you know yeah and that's kind of like a real dilemma that you're in for a lot of this game like a lot of it is driven like that so I, I encourage you to look up as little as possible. And I, I'm not just mm-hmm. talking to you. I mean, in general, everyone no, listening. No, just me. <laughs> no. Okay, Chris, look up as little as possible about okay. this game because I, I don't want you to spoil that fun for yourself with just that pure experience of like, oh, what's going to happen if I make this choice? If I trust this person, if I do this for this person, how will that come back and bite me? Or how will that benefit me? And the less you know about that, the better and more enjoyable those experiences are. Yeah. I was just thinking because I do
0: know that um, when you're talking about how because you're a cleric, you have like the god that you worship and stuff and that becomes influential in a lot of your choices. Uh I know that um, with Warlocks, you actually... uh, Now, it hasn't happened to me yet, but I do know from reading up on how some of the stuff worked before the game came out um i believe that um you know the warlocks they they tend to have like a pact with like another deity or something you know which is where their power comes from and i believe that at some point they start speaking to you and i don't know if it's like when you do your rest at night or whatever but um but they do talk to you and i i guess it's pretty often So I've heard that like um, a lot of like Warlocks and stuff uh, or people playing those have had like vastly different experiences from like, you know, other players. So I think that that's pretty cool. And I'm sure that there's like other things with some of the other classes that are all like that too. Like you have just vastly different experiences depending on what you um, choose. And um, just from a race Uh, Racial perspective, too. Uh, So I made a drow and like my character has definitely experienced some race kind of stuff where people like comment on him specifically as far as like him being a drow. And sometimes, you know, they say things in a, a very negative way. Um, or sometimes in a positive way. So like, um, I was trying to remember, I don't remember where it was, but there was like this one encampment I got to. Um, this is somewhere early in the game. And like because I was a drow, they were very distrusting of me immediately. Uh, so I had to do a lot of like talking and persuading and things with them. Um, you know, just kind of trying to establish myself as like, you know someone that can be an ally or whatever. And then what's interesting is later on I go to um this other goblin encampment, not the one that I'm did the big battle in, but this other one. And I'm thinking because I have a quest in there, I'm supposed to be looking for someone. I'm thinking, okay, I got to sneak in here. I got to probably battle these guys. Um there's no real good way in. I'm just going to try to hide and I had shadow heart cast um pass without a trace, which increases your stealth. So we're trying to stealth literally like just through the front gate, which there's like a bunch of goblins and wargs just chilling. And like we failed miserably. Yeah. But one of the head goblin like guard looked at me and he was just like um, they started yelling at us. Then he's just like, oh, he's a drow. Let him through. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I didn't have to fight them because I'm a drow? (laughs) <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's the. Re- That's what gets me by.
1: Okay, cool. And so I got to avoid stuff. And on top of that, I just want to also add that there are so many cool illusion spells too, or just so many cool spells in general. But yeah, specifically speaking of this, you have disguise self as an illusion spell or disguise period. It's not just self. Yes. Um, but it's where you can change yourself or any party member to a completely different. Um, sex or race or both so like I could make my entire party into drowse if I wanted to do that for, to go into <laughs> so that camp cool. or something like that or just all gnomes or something Yeah, and that lasts until long rest so that's just like you're just that race for oh, however long you go um, until you decide to do a long rest to heal up and all that. But there's just so many cool options. And then if you're a druid, all these different animal forms, there's so many, so many options. And they all play, like, a little bit differently. So, like, you could be become an bear, You could become just a cat if you just needed to distract the enemy or get into a <laughs> smaller space. Um, there's, oh, there's just so many cool things to do. And on top of all of that, you can do this multiplayer. So... Like we were saying earlier, if you don't have like a good group you can play with normal D&D or whatever, which is tough to pull together, uh, then play this because it's a good way to do it solo. You can also play this up to four player multiplayer. So your entire party could be your friends playing through this campaign. And I just think that's such a fun idea. Um, I've watched a few people today, like playing it with some friends, like some of the early game stuff, just so I could see like what it was like. Yeah, and I was like, man, it's just so good. Like, you don't need the other party members or whatever. You can send them back to camp or whatever. Some of them were just like killing them off in just a chaotic way. But you're you're just you're for you and your three friends going through the same campaign. And then like one person's doing the talking. The other people are just like voting on it or whatever. So you basically decide like, OK, is this going to be like strength check or something? Because who's like the smartest? Who's the strongest? Whatever Like you go do that skill thing. And then like everybody else is just kind of there and becomes like um the victim to whatever choice you make, essentially, <laughs> which I thought was just really cool. Cause then it is just like playing DD. There's so much to love about this game. And like I, I feel like
0: too, we're just we're really just getting to like the the high level overview of what this thing is. There's so much nuance in this thing. Um yeah to talk about but we can't say too much without spoiling things Um, but yeah it's just uh, there's so much in the story that's so good and I do want to just talk about that without actually like um, running through what the story is but the story is really good and uh, all of the dialogue is extremely well written which is um, something I feel like um, you know There's games out there that are good at it, right? But not at the level that I've experienced with this, where, um, you know, there's there's so many games where you just want to skip the dialogue, skip, 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 skip. But in a game where the dialogue is often fairly important like um when you're playing a ttrpg that means the dialogue in a video game that is trying to emulate that feel has to be, you know, actually um worth listening to. It's got to be just as captivating and man, did they do a real good job of making it captivating because like almost every conversation is something really interesting even when it's just between like, you know, you and one of your companions um I got to say like specifically I think my favorite stuff right now is like Shadow Hearts story. There's something there's some real intriguing mystery going on with her specifically um that I just like I keep trying to figure it out and it's so hard because like every time I try to pin her on certain details I keep rolling really bad. One of these days I'll roll better. <laughs> but yeah. It's just like every single character has got something really interesting, really phenomenal about them. And um, what's kind of crazy is you can talk to pretty much every character in this world, not just yeah, like even, your companions.
1: Even just like normal civilians get like yes. a cut scene. Like everybody has like a small conversation where for the most part, like 95% of the people you talk to, it's going to cut over to a little video of them saying something to you, even if it's not like a conversation, just them saying something, it's still relevant to what's going on in the town or wherever you are. So yeah. it's like the, all the time that was taken to give everything like a small personality is just really intriguing. I mean, I know they worked on this for six years and there was a team of like 400 something, but. Like it was worth it. Like it was worth yeah. the wait. I'm glad I didn't jump into the early access because I know that had been going on for at least three years um, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I I waited and I'm so glad I waited because now I get to experience it just as a pure playthrough. And I'm still even 90 something hours in that I am loving every second of it and excited to start over again with a different class, a different <laughs> character, and also yeah. to play with friends with a different class, different character, just to have that much different experience.
0: Absolutely. I keep thinking of other, like, class combos and things that I want to try, and, like, the the multi-class thing is what really gets to me, is, like, different kinds of multi-classes I'd like to try out, Um, which is how I usually play d d anyways. Like, I like to multi-class, because um, I, I think I've only played a character just, you know, straight vanilla once. Um, but for the most part, I like mixing and matching stuff cause it makes the character more interesting. And like, I just keep thinking about how, like, um, I kind of wanted to make like a swashbuckler kind of character, like, you know, doing the, um, you can do like rogue and fighter together. Um, and then yeah. maybe using a uh, githyanki as the the race because they have that like extra um they can use that spell for that extra long leap so just being able to jump in and out of the mayhem and doing all kinds of stuff man that would be real cool
1: yeah i want to try a um like a necromancer based wizard at some point because there's so many cool necromancy spells Yes. Um, or even just like a, uh, uh, a a warlock, like you were saying, just to see what those packs are like, because there's three different packs you can take at least. I yes. because there's three different types of warlocks you can play as, and mm-hmm. each of them have different packs. So I I've also heard I've not seen it because I've not played those at all, and I've not watched anything on it. But I know that like they do have a lot of interactions with the uh, devil. Their packed is. Too, so I just think that yes. would be a really interesting layer that I'm not experiencing at all on this playthrough, which is has to be like crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just like every time you play this game, even though it seems like it's a linear story, you could have a completely different game every time you play it, just based yeah. on what you choose. and um how you decide to start, like what kind of like class and um, abilities that you want to adapt. So it it could be different every
1: time. So, yeah, it's like there's you have a goal, like a really broad goal, but the methods of getting there are really completely up to you. Uh, You don't have to do it. There's it's not a straight line at all. Yeah, there are multiple paths to get to that end game. It's also one of those games that's big enough that
0: if you don't want to rush through, like if you want to spend your time in, it's kind of like, I used to be like this with like um, Zelda games and stuff like that um, before like Breath of the Wild came out. It's like, I just want to live in this world longer, but like you get from A to B and the game's over. The amount that's in this one is so huge compared to all the other games you could you could spend so long in this that i feel like you would not lack for you know time spent like you you could spend as much time as you want in this world without finishing
1: and even in trying to like there are so many side quests but even if you were to take on like every single side quest you come across there's a really good probability That whatever choice you make is going to make you miss a different kind of side quest that you could have done. And or that a choice you make is going to make you auto fail one of your current quest because it does this thing that like triggers this other thing. And so there are plenty of ones that I because I'm trying to pick up like everything I can along the way and explore all I can. But I know I've missed like a ton of stuff just because like sometimes like I'll be doing a different quest. One of my questers be like, oh, this person died. And it'll just be like quest finished. And it's like, oh, I didn't even know this person where he was or whatever. So it's like all these things that are just happening in tangent. And um, you're whatever path you're going down, it's going to change something else. It's like uh, ripples in the water. Like you're throwing these mm-hmm. pebbles and it's just rippling to everything else around you. So, uh, yeah, just just know that even though even if you're a completionist, you cannot physically complete everything on one single playthrough impossible yeah. it yeah. is impossible uh i i don't think anyone
0: would ever be able to like uh th- there's no possible way to 100 this game it's impossible you
1: can't i yeah i it just like the, the 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 amount of time it would take literally based on all the different options there are it's like i don't think you, you would die lived. yeah we don't live long enough to do that <laughs> humans don't so, have a lifespan long enough for that uh, yeah. So make your choices. Enjoy the trip because like really like I don't even care as much about finishing the game as I just do enjoying the time that I'm spending in this world. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Same here. hundred percent. I'm just enjoying living in it and, you know, feeling like I'm a part of Dungeons and Dragons, like I'm a part of the, the world in this thing. So that's yeah. that's what feels good. And that's what feels special.
1: What's also exciting is like this is, uh, it's not the first Baldur's Gate game, it's not the first game from Malarian Studios, but it's such a great start down a path of um, what I hope a lot of other games will start to go. At least tactical RPG games like this, or D and D games in general. Um, I know like some studios felt threatened by this and said like, well, oh, don't make yeah. this isn't the expectation, yes. so don't like expect all of us to do this because blah 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 excuses excuses and it's like that's fine you don't have to do this but at least like just try harder basically that, yeah. <laughs> that's the message well uh, and-, and even if we don't get that from other studios like i just look forward to whatever Larian has coming next even if it's just expansions for baldur's gate 3 which i am completely down for i think there's like
0: a, a little bit of a caveat with like Those game studios and the game devs getting all up in arms, like, uh, this you can't expect games like this. Um, and because at first I was all like, oh, what a bunch of lazy, like, you know, idiots, like, it, it, like, people with like this money, these triple A games and stuff like that, like, you should look and see what this studio did, and that should make you want to make better games. But in, Like having more time to think about it because all that controversy and um, all that stuff is kind of coming out like in the weeks preceding the game coming out. Now I'm looking at it from a standpoint of, um, I think it's more along the lines of not just like they don't want to make games like this. I think a lot of them do. I think it's a lot about the gaming industry as a whole as like they don't have the opportunities to make games like this very often which is maybe why they're looking at this as like this is the exception you shouldn't be like giving your hopes up and stuff like that because um let's if we take an example like um you know Diablo came out recently Diablo 3 is a marketplace you know and the gaming industry is like heavily or yeah Diablo 4 um The gaming industry, like as a whole, a lot of that is kind of in that way where the games are more of a marketplace than they are like games. So it's like there's such a push for, like, get the game out quick. You know, you need to spend more time on how these games are going to generate additional revenue rather than being, you know, a great game, which, like, back in the day when we were kids, that's probably why we think of games as being better, like when we were younger, because that's all games had to do. They just had to be good. But the gaming industry now is get a game out quick, monetize every inch of that game that we can. Microtransactions, you know, like crazy um, downloadable content that you got to pay for, you know, stuff like that. So it's like there's got to be an industry shift at some point and maybe this will be the game to help spearhead that but I kind of get where some of the devs might be frustrated is like hey I want to do this too but like we can't we're, we're not allowed to because you know the people that line our pocketbooks will say no we have to rush this we got to rush out on an overwatch 3 in two months and you have to pay for every five minutes you play this game.
1: Yeah, like it's more about the the bottom line than passion. And yes, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I understand that and that sucks. And I, I don't like, I hate obviously the industry is like that, but I get yeah. it at the same time. So I understand where what you're saying. I hadn't really thought about it like that, but that does make sense that it's not that they don't want to. It's just that they don't have the freedom to do that because these aren't indie studios at all for the most part they are big budget studios who are working under someone who is mostly interested in the the money that it's going to make yeah which you know that's that's capitalism
0: yeah because I mean like game game devs game developers people that create games they're made by people that play games and love games like nobody goes into like making a video game that doesn't like video games, you know? Um, I hope not, anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you would hate your job, and you'd be really bad at it, which, you know, maybe the people that made Gollum, I don't know, but... (laughs) (laughs) uh, But, you know, the people that that own that company that are just like, we have expectations because we have uh, a board, and we have... Um, you know, stocks that fluctuate. So I don't care what your passion is. You need to rush this out and get it uh, going because the shareholders need to be happy. So then it puts pressure on these devs and they're like, oh, I don't get to make this amazing game that I really wanted to make. Um, So yeah, that's. I, I really hope that this game will help soften and maybe break apart some of those barriers and it'll make some of those... Um, you know, big big wigs sweat a little bit because this no matter what, this raises the standards for what a game can be. whether yep. the gaming industry follows or not, the standard is now raised. Yep. So,
1: and at the very least, I still have this one to enjoy.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: this might be the game that we just stick with for a long time, <laughs> and I'd be fine with that uh, because there's so you know, much to to discover. I guess the only thing that's really going to threaten its popularity in the immediate, uh, right now, is, is Starfield. Because yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I might pick that one up. I, I'm not like super like I haven't read much about it or know much about it, but I I do know people who actually work for Bethesda and so like they're super excited about it and I you know I'm sure it's going to be good but will it be Baldur's Gate 3 good I don't know they're completely different games so I can't really look at them on the same level like that Um, but I will I enjoy it probably so that's the only thing that I think is going to take my attention potentially away from Baldur's Gate 3 but it's not going to make me love it any less and I've still got tons of playthroughs to do of it um, because I Still am even this many hours in, uh, really enjoying it. Yeah, I
0: I have so many years ahead of me that will be sunk into Baldur's Gate three and nothing else. I'm there gonna go. abandon abandon my job, my family. <laughs> so if you're hearing this in the future, I'm sorry, but I had to do it for the dice. It had to he be had done. To do it for he had to do it for Carlack. Best girl. yeah for Carlack. Best girl. Um, anything else that you've been up to? Um. That was not Baldur's Gate 3 related. I finished watching Ace Attorney. I don't remember if I mentioned on the last one, but I had been watching it. And now I'm going back and watching all of Rise Rise of the Shield hero Mon Season 2. They're fighting the the spirit tortoise. So oh, um,
1: that's been fun. Yeah. Uh oh, I finished um uh, Primal. I finally oh, okay. I, like the third season of it had come out and I finally finished it. Man, what a ride. That is such an amazing show. Yeah, I, I forgot about that one. That's one I need to hop back into at some point too. Yeah. I had just watched the first season and I was like, okay, maybe that's all they're going to do. And then I just saw that they had come out with more. And so I just, I would take a time, take a little bit of time every day, watch a couple episodes. And I just finally finished it last week and it was amazing would absolutely recommend it. It's on HBO Max uh, or just, no. sorry, it's just Max now. No, yeah, HBO. it's just Max. Yeah. O- eventually and, it'll uh, just be. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> just X. Um, no, that's Twitter now. Oh, that's true. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you enjoy, uh, Gindy Tartakovsky's work at all, this is like his magnum his best opus work. as far yeah. as, yeah, as far as animation and just storytelling goes as far as I'm concerned. So please give yourself a chance to check it out. He's
0: got another show that I, I think it's him that I wanted to check out and I'm trying to remember what it is. It's Unicorn something. Um... Uh, what is the name of it? Do you know what I'm talking about? U- Unicorn Warriors Eternal? That might be it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think. Okay, yeah, that's it.
0: Okay, Unicorn Warriors Eternal. Um, That was something that I've been wanting to check out. I had briefly just seen an image from it and um read a short review, but this was like, if I remember this was like a month or so ago. So I don't remember much of it other than knowing it was him that, worked on it, okay. and yeah, it was it a very positive just,
1: review. Just started, apparently. Um, okay, cool. It's also, on. yeah, started it, it aired uh, in May, and then yeah, on Adult okay. Swim, and, but it also is on Max now. Uh, mm. Yeah, so I don't know how long it is, but it, it literally just started. I cool. think it's just an ongoing thing. I don't know if it's going to be like a streamable thing or whatever, or bingeable thing, rather. So sure. I don't know. I'll have to check it out, though, because Coming right off of Primal, it'll be a perfect companion.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I've also been reading um a comic series called Moonshine, which uh was written by Is that Bri- the werewolf one? Yeah, written by Brian Azzarello. Um yeah. I'd read the first six issues um several years ago, but I never like at the time that was all that was out. And now that the series is completed, I was going back and uh, rereading those, and then I'm going to read through the whole series. So um, it's really good. So it's basically about this um, this guy that's part of the mob um, in kind of like Prohibition era, who uh, his boss gets a hold of some real good moonshine, and he sends his guy, Lou, out to this uh, specific area, kind of in the backwoods to procure this moonshine for him so he can sell it in new york Uh, and then uh lou has a real hard time once he gets out there with lots of um lots of gunfighting rednecks some werewolves some uh witchcraft and all kinds of danger it's really fun it's a real cool twist on uh not only horror, but also like that Prohibition gangster era kind of storytelling. So it's really
1: cool. I I absolutely would recommend it. So Moonshine, check it out. One other thing is My Adventures with Superman, the uh, newer cartoon or newer animated Superman. It is good. It's so fun. But also the animation's great. uh, The action's awesome. And it's just cool getting this perspective of like a younger Superman um, growing up, discovering his powers, discovering himself and interacting with uh, Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen, like it's a its a completely different, well, not completely different, but it's a different take than you normally get. Sure. But it's a lot of fun and I, I definitely would recommend checking that one out too.
0: I like the idea of it. Um, yeah, I really want to check that out. Like the very first trailer I saw of that, which was like, um, I think just a quick little thing on Hulu. I was like, oh my God, I Can't wait for that. Um, But now I am waiting because I'm going to wait for more episodes to come out and then I'm going to watch them all back to back. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. And also a big thanks to uh, Mr. Lance Conrad for our theme song, Rebels of Our Own Kind. Uh, As always, if you enjoyed this show, please let us know by throwing us a rating and writing a review wherever you can do so. Or you can share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. You can find us on all those social medias at Nerdsloth HQ, or you can visit our website at nerdsloth.com, where you can learn more about me and Joseph and keep up to date on all the things that we're working on. There, you can also find a link to our merch store and info about our Discord community and our Patreon, where you'll find hundreds of hours of bonus content from all the various Nerdsloth projects. That's it. My name's Chris. I'm Joseph. Go play Baldur's Gate 3. Don't save scum, and don't be scum.